to the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent major cricket news stories in the region, in the company as ever of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings, Reds. How are you? Yeah, well, I've had a bit of an extra stay in Barbados. Um, flights didn't run as you hoped, but I had a very interesting weekend. Did a community game for Voice of Barbados but attracted something like 7,000 people. Mm. It was part of the 50th anniversary celebration for Barbados, and it was a Starcom team versus a Guyana team that reside in Barbados. They live in Barbados, and they played a tape ball. Huge crowd played on the lights. It was really marvelous, really marvelous. Uh, the Barbados team won quite easily. But um, it was great for social cohesion to bring the two communities together. I, I think it was a great effort by those people at VOB who put it together. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. As you say, we were due to record uh, 24 hours ago, but unfortunately uh, you couldn't get back to St. Lucia from there. Where, where was the game played, Reds? Was it played at Kensington Oval? No, no, they took it into the country. They took it to St. James Hoyt's village. Ah. And um, the attendance was marvellous. Some people didn't come because they feel uh, there was no place to park. Mm. Um, and uh, this is, I think, the eighth game that uh, Voice of Barbados have put on, um, sort of going into the community. I did the first one at Dover some years ago, or two years ago, and this is a follow-up, and there could be a very interesting one upcoming in January if all the pieces fall into place. Oh, lovely. I will look forward to hearing hearing about that. Presumably it was a 2020 game, and uh, probably the second biggest 2020 game in the region uh, of the week, uh, the biggest being uh, the CPL final, uh, the end of the tournament, Reds. Uh, a bit of a damp squib, sadly, in the final, uh, Jamaica absolutely thrashing uh, the Guyana Amazon Warriors, but uh, enjoyed by many. Yes, total anticlimax. It was expected uh, to be a great um, even final. In fact, uh, most people probably had a dollar on the Amazon Warriors, uh, but they're so better off chasing, mm. although um, they did on two occasions uh, bat force in the competition. Uh, but they won the majority of their games and I think the key was, in fact, Lynn. Uh, Lynn, the Australian batsman, had he produced his usual form, he might have been able uh, to pull something out of the bag and get the Amazon Warriors up to about 150 or so. Um, Jason Muhammad was a little unlucky, um, being given like before to one that might have been missing leg stump. Uh, but um, they, the game was over very, very soon. I mean, it was an anticlimax, you know. Um, it just wasn't a final, and the Amazon Warriors are just getting the nickname of the Great Bridesmaid, you know. 
uh, so close and yet so far this is uh, what this is the third time or fourth time they reached the final and they haven't been able to cross the line um, but um, you know uh, it produced some good crowds certainly the ones um, you know I have seen was very very good crowds and um, you know we have wait to see uh, what will happen in 2017 I did a long interview with Andy Robertson he was talking about the increases of trying to uh, defend your key players, your marquee players, you know. Mm. And it's a bit of a chess match um, where, you know, it's open season. If you finish high up, you you pick last you know, and things like that. The bottom teams get their first choice. Uh, so you have to also know, for example, in 2017, you have to stay away from maybe the South African players <laughs> because they are touring England. Um, so it takes... a a lot of thinking and trying to put together your strongest, your strongest um, franchise. But just coming back to the Guyana game, I think the Guyana middle order, um, a week on the belly, and that um, showed throughout the tournament. And I think that was the their biggest, their biggest uh, weakness. They're on the belly. Uh, the top of the order produced very good runs, uh, but the middle, middle just didn't produce. And I think. Um, the management and Roger Harper's got to work out how they can st- strengthen that. But let's move on, David. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. We've got plenty to cover, including the test match, which I know you're off to this morning. But just want to look at one or two little more things on the CPL. You talked about uh, the different uh, pulls on players, as it were, with South Africa coming there next year. There's also the possibility that uh, the, the English 2020 tournament might really get a, a makeover, and that will be a, another draw on players. The West Indies, presumably, one would hope, will keep on to their own marquee players, players like Andre Russell, who was probably the guy of the tournament. Uh, his performance in the semi-final, that really was the probably the innings of the tournament, and it took them to the final. Yes, uh, Superman now is being called, <laughs> and I hope physically, you know, he he rest himself and sort out, you know, all the great demands in his body. Yes, um, that was something that was noticed by the CPL um, that the the shorter format of the game um, will be making an effort uh, to compete for players. Mm. And that's, that's what it's all about, and of course. Um, there's always that uh, disappointment that India does not allow their players, although overseas players made the IPL, Indian players are not allowed and are for- forbidden to be contracted for, for the CPL. Yeah. We will, of course, uh, be seeing Indian players in 2020 cricket uh, soon, but it'll be in Florida for these uh, two games that have been announced for the West Indies uh, to play uh, later in the month. The big news, which has now been confirmed, is that Darren Sammy has been relieved of the 2020 captaincy and uh, succeeded by uh, Carlos Brathwaite. People have different opinions on this. I don't think many people would actually consider Darren Sammy to be the, the foremost of the 2020 players anymore. He's certainly a very successful and very fine captain. What we can say, Reds, is that uh, on the morning of the St. Lucia Test match, the timing of this is very unfortunate. Yes, I, I raised that issue about timing. And there are two sides to the story here. But I would think that Courtney Brown could have delayed um, informing that Darren Sammy um, a bit later on. Um, I know that there was, they argue, a source close to the Western Indian board is arguing that 
they had to get visas um, processed. They had to tell the U.S. authorities um, what was the team. They had to confirm the captain. A number of things had to be done mm. um, by a certain time. Now, whether three or four days would have mattered, because it certainly has put a damper on the third test, because after two months of mobilizing, which looked very promising indeed to get maybe over a thousand people on, on the opening day, a bit more than that. Um, you know, we just have to wait and see where the chips will fall mm -hmm. because the St. Lucians are, are, are very angry, um, maybe how it was handled. And, you know, we, we just have to wait and see what would be the turnout of this test match. And the next time we talk um, test match cricket, we will be able to look back and, and say what I, exactly happened. But potentially, it has the making of a good test match, good pitch. Azari Joseph uh, probably will be included. Oh. And maybe Johnson opened up with um, Braffitt. Uh, they did very well against South Africa in South Africa. Consistently a decent start. But we'll certainly look in greater detail the next time we speak. No, no doubt about that. Uh, just to clarify for those who may not have been completely up to date with uh, the events of Darren Sammy's sacking, what seemed to have happened was that uh, new chairman of selectors, Courtney Brown, had the courtesy to ring Darren Sammy of uh, and inform him of the decision. Sammy then uh, went public with that and uh, subsequently the news has uh, had to be confirmed or denied in the public arena. I can sympathise with uh, the, the need for things to be moved along. But as we say, the uh, certainly the handling of this, the public handling of this, the timing of this to coincide with the St Lucia test is sloppy, to say the least, from the WICB. And there has reds, as you know, and you've done a heck of a lot to try and mobilise the support for this test match. There is this threat that we hope doesn't see much of, but of, of a boycott of, of the match by St. Lucian supporters. Well, um, we just have to wait and see how the chips fall on that. Um, a certain amount of planning um, in progress. Uh, teams were coming. Um, there was a carnival ban due to appear. A number of organizations that, that indicated they will uh, send workers to support it. Um, we just have to wait and see what will now happen in, in reality. Okay. The weather is good, and it should be a good test match. Um, you know, I've been through the boycott for the Spain when Derek Murray was left out. I um, endured the Cummins withdrawal and a significant mm -hmm. tour um, when South Africa came out and uh, the West Indies won in a dramatic fashion. And now I'm about to see another match which quote-unquote maybe um well maybe have a boycott with it no uh, let's hope not it uh, it is as we say you and i we try very much to be balanced and we're not actually commenting here perhaps another time another place whether we think the the uh, removal of sammy is justified or otherwise but certainly to the outside world this does smack as a as a typical ham-fisted mismanagement by the WICB when uh, for the first time there's going to be a test match at a stadium named after the only man to captain uh, the West Indies to two 
world titles as they've just been sacked from that position. But anyway, let's let's concentrate on the cricket. It's two weeks since we last spoke Reds because I was in the USA uh, this time last week. So we haven't actually had an opportunity to review the second test before we look ahead to the to the third. Uh, a wonderful fight back on the last day. Yes, it was helped by weather, but it was the most positive inspiring cricket I've seen from the West Indies side in the five-day game for some time, and, and Roston Chase was at, was at the vanguard of that. Yes, I saw him three years ago, Winwards versus Barbados in, in um, Arnes Vale or St. Vincent, and I thought then that um, he was a, a good cricketer. Um, in fact, he, he, he outbowled the front-line off-spinner, um, Ashley Nurse, in that game. And a solid middle-order batsman, and he's come on leaps and bounds. And um, I think that uh, the selectors must be smiling uh, <laughs> that their their pick here looks to be one for, for the future. But, you know, um, you're good as your next test match, as Rohan Kala used to point out. Mm. You've got to take guard, you're a knot, and you're starting all over again. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And uh, if we... <laughs> Criticised the timing of the uh, deselection of Darren Sammy. Let's uh, applaud where they've got it right. Uh, Roston Chase, as you say. Shane Dowich, too, has had two very good test matches with the bat. Very unlucky not to go on from his 70 over with a very dodgy uh, LBW uh, decision. And even. You're being, you're being kind. It was a big inside edge. <laughs> well, I do believe the umpire was an Englishman, so I'm, I'm trying to be balanced. And, uh, but even even Reds, the, uh, they still. Stood by and showed faith in Jermaine Blackwood, where both you and I were advocating he should have been dropped for the last test, and he yes. he did very well. Yeah, in 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 in, in Blackwood style, attack, <laughs> attack, attack. Um, just needs to keep the ball on on the ground a little bit and be, um, you know, selective. But uh, he played in in a small way in the style of Sir Vivian Richards, um, who will come out with the West Indies, you know. Too dumb, and you know, in a half an hour, you, you, the whole scene will be changed because he will take the game away. Um, and we want him to go on to get hundreds, but um, uh, everybody chipped in, including the captain who, who came in at the time. If he had gone straight away, yeah. India probably would have had a, a whiff at, at, at a victory. But 388 for six looked very, very good at the close of play. Yeah, no, I, I was I was heartened. I was heartened by what I saw. And is it too much for us to hope, Reds, that they can build on this? And let's not even dream of a of a win in this Test match, but uh, another fighting performance, perhaps get another draw. Um, I think this would be a result test. I think this would be a result test. The pitch, the pitch is expected to carry the name as the best pitch in the Caribbean. Just have to wait and see. The weather has been quite good. Hmm. Um, I was surprised that the West Indies batted first in Jamaica, David, hmm. after two batting failures in Antigua. Um, most people were saying, including the head of the ground staff, who wins the toss, should in fact uh, bowl. Uh, but um, after Antigua, they rushed in and batted first. And, uh, you know, we, we had um, no, no real application Wickets fall all the time, and we were bowled out, you know, well under 200. 
Mm. Well, Chandrik is gone, um, which was a little surprise. You indicate that you expect uh, Leon Johnson to come in. Shai Hope was also brought into the squad, but you indicate you think it would be Johnson. Darren Bravo's form is still a great worry. Uh, but I was also interested, Wes, that you you think that they will play Joseph in this test match. Yes, uh, that's my gut feeling, that if they are thinking positively, um, you know, they got Gabriel, they got Cummins, I don't see maybe the leg spinner uh, mm. playing on this. On this, he's not going to get a lot of turn. Um, probably Beshu will do much better in Trinidad. Beshu might get some bunks, but in Azari Joseph, you know, will be a great uh, ally to the Cummins and Gabriel. Yeah. And using using the off spin of Chase and a bit of Braffitt. Yeah. And of course, the, the captain with his with his seam bowling, it's a more positive, more positive attack. Uh, blended with the good batting performance in, uh, on the last day in Jamaica. Yeah, uh, I, I, I back that. Uh, I think there's many people that are worried that Joseph is too young. He is too young. But hey, he is a refreshing, exciting talent. And I think at the moment, West Indies cricket needs an injection of new faces, of positivity, and get create some interest. And even if he was to bowl... Half a dozen overs at the beginning of the match that shows genuine pace and some genuine hurry up to the Indian batsman and then can't sustain that through a full match. I think it would still be an indic- a positive indicator to the future. You know, there's a history of, of investing in the future. I mean, out of the blue, Wesley Hall was taken to Trinidad in the 56 trials, taken to England in 57, mm. and that proved to be a great success. The story of Malcolm Marshall, who didn't have a great tour of it, India, under Alvin Kalishiran, but the selectors certainly went for him. And, of course, we can even go further back. Michael Holding mm-hmm. was a major success uh, going to Australia as a young man. So this might be the same story of uh, uh, Zari Joseph. And he is genuinely quick. Mm. So I don't think he'll be serving up any juicy half volleys. <laughs> well, he was a revelation in Bangladesh in the uh, under-19 World Cup win. And I'm all for seeing him get started now. And, uh, well, we'll wait and see. It's only, as you and I speak, Reds, an hour and a half away. By the time uh, people listen to this uh, podcast, they'll know whether he was picked or not. Uh, other news, Reds. Uh, interesting one. Uh, Afghanistan are coming for a tour of the West Indies next year. Yes, and I hope the selectors get that right. The last time we had one of the smaller countries, I remember clearly, Zimbabwe came here. We didn't look to build. We looked we look to win. Mm. You know, we played our strongest side, and I think we got that totally wrong. I hope that the selectors will use the Afghan tour, and you can't underrate them, but they need to be a nice blend looking towards uh, the future. Uh, we, we just have to wait and see um, what the, the selectors will do. But nice to keep um, the, the senior players, you know, active. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, another little look to the future. Uh, noted that uh, Trinidad and Tobago won the uh, regional under-19 competition, Reds. Yes, uh, they took the title away from Guyana. That's good. Uh, a lot of cricket um, being played at the under-19, under-15 level. And uh, it, it all, you know, sounds good about the future. The women played and um, that was not too much affected by rain because they had all the the games at, at, at Providence. But I'm a little worried um, about the, 
the the strength of female cricket. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to one of the Guyanese players, and they said basically there are only what two or three clubs in in Guyana. Mm. Now the game is much stronger in, in Barbados, much stronger in Jamaica, much stronger in Trinidad. But if the West Indies board don't look at the weak areas and, and work very quickly to improve um, the weak territories, um, you know, this winning side we have now will not get players coming through, mm. or you'll be relying on maybe only three member states to produce the players. I think. And the windward side showed that um, they're improving. But I think um, the, the game needs to be looked at <clears throat> in a much wider, wider um, way mm. to ensure that things are, are, are good. Mm. The situation with women's cricket in Guyana, Ed, is that a direct result of the, let's call it, civil war in the, in the country over the, the regional cricket boards? They're, they're still fighting this... Uh, well, it's an ongoing fight for recognition. No, I don't think so. I think basically you've got um, to have the clinics to get the ladies in. Um, I don't believe there's any um, cricket at secondary school, and that, of course, could be said to many of, of the member states. Um, but more needs to be done to attract, attract women. The two West Indian players... Um, who live in Guyana are doing their best, as far as I understand, um, coaching and trying to get girls to come in. But it, it needs a, a a real program, a real program um, to pull as, as, as many people in. And you hope that they will stay with the game and they will develop their skills. Yeah. Looking wider afield, Reds, if, uh, you know, as we head into the sort of like last third of the show, in the last couple of weeks while I've been away, there's been a heck of a lot of test cricket going on since you and I last spoke. I've been particularly enjoying uh, seeing England take a 2-1 lead against Pakistan. I've also enjoyed, perhaps even more, seeing Australia go 2-0 down in a three-test series against Sri Lanka. What, what have you enjoyed, Reds? Great for test cricket that Sri Lanka can, can uh, win against Australia. Um, very good for the game. Um, the Pakistan side seems to wilter uh, towards the end of a test match. Hmm. Um, when England batted again, they just didn't seem to have the energy, the motivation, uh, the, 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 the capability of, of rallying another effort. And of course, their batting display, um, you know, didn't lead to much. And uh, th there must be questions about fitness, about question about whether players should be replaced. Um, but they must be dis disappointed. Basically, they, they took a lead uh, on, on the first innings and all that went um, down the drain. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've, been, I've been pleased and surprised by the depth of uh, the, the England side and its ability to uh, uh, turn things around. Pakistan are a very useful bowling attack, but uh, uh, thinner on the, the ground batting. Uh, and I've been amazed by the capitulation of, uh, of Australia and their ability inability, yet again, to play slow bowling. And look at the case of the Pakistan, Alex Spinner, who terrorised, if I can use that word, mm. um, the England batsman in the first test. Now he, he could hardly buy a wicket. Well, I think that was a demonstration of uh, batsmen having the ability to adapt and play test cricket. In the first test, they wanted to get on with it, dominate him, swish this way and the other, and 
and they fell like a pack of cards. Uh, they learned from that, and in the second test, just batted and batted and batted. And bowlers get tired more quickly <laughs> than batsmen do, and you reap the rewards of uh, facing the 25th over from a guy who's got uh, tired and sore fingers. Yes, and I, I think the, the, the Pakistanis will have to just relook at what kind of side they can put together in, in the future. Yeah, well, we hope that they, uh, as, as somebody who lives in Islamabad, I am very keen to see Pakistan cricket thrive and they have all the challenges that they have and uh, would want to see them still up there amongst the best. Uh, last few minutes, Reds, uh, we always like to take a backward glance. Uh, this week I noted it's actually the anniversary today. 90 years ago today was the birth of uh, former West Indies captain Dennis Atkinson. Yes, um, who was a good all-round, very tough cr- cricketer. He had a, I think a nickname, call him Gunner. <laughs> um, and uh, played a lot, a lot of test cricket, of course, made famous um, uh, with the, 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 the double he got against Australia in 55, mm. which I listened to. Uh, and Tony Kozier, the late, covered for his father newspaper in, in, in St. Lucia, the, the voice. <laughs> and in that, in that, um, he was one of three um, to get a, a get a, a hundred and take five, and yeah. along with with Sagarfi Sobers and, and Collie Smith, yeah, good use for the cricketer. His brother Eric also played for Barbados and played for the West Indies. They toured together. But Dennis Atkinson, good track record, and um, I think uh, in places like New Zealand, his seam bowling would have done Dixie. And he, he would have enjoyed English conditions. Yeah. Well, and that, that feat that you refer to, 105 wickets, of course, emulated by Roston Chase in the uh, in the last Test match with his five for followed by his 100. That partnership you refer to, West Indies in that Test match in 55, uh, he came into bat, or he was joined with uh, Australia, 100, uh, with West Indies, 146, looking down the barrel and added 347 for the seventh wicket. Um, which is the first class record which stood for 40 years or so with uh, with Clermont de Pisa. Yeah, it was a, a marvellous partnership. It went on and on and on. <laughs> One of those things that, um, you know, is almost unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, Atkinson, you always like me. You, you always scold me, Reds, when I haven't got his stats uh, ready when we talk about one of these players. I did get them ready this week. Uh, 22 test matches, Dennis Atkinson. Just shy of a 1,000 test runs, 922, with that 219, his highest and only test 100, but an average of 31.7. And uh, took 47 wickets uh, with the best of... Uh, uh, 7.53 at 35, so a little bit expensive with his wickets, but a genuine all-rounder, Reds. Yes, and talking about his batting, he would have batted very late in the order. He probably would have batted around 7 and 8 because of the strength of the West Indies batting when he played. So maybe when he went in, there wasn't much left to be done. Um, so, you know, you, you, you have to bear uh, those things in mind. Yeah, and uh, just as a final thing on him as a... Uh, when you mentioned Tony Cozy there, it reminded me, of course, that uh, Tony, uh, a great man of the Wanderers Cricket Club in Barbados, that you and I have been there many times too. And uh, the the stand there is actually named after Dennis Atkinson and uh, and his brother as well, if I remember rightly. Yes, Eric, um, taller than Derek, slimmer, um, 
maybe a better bowler than Derek. Derek being the, the, the better batsman. And just recently, I uh, I was able to call up Prof Edwards, uh, who was part of a radio commentary team along with Erskine King. Uh, they were able to do commentary on the Cigar Field Sobers 80th birthday match. Unfortunately, I couldn't get in because there was just no seat available. Mm. Um, all the seats were taken because of crop over and a large number of solutions went in. So I, I called Richard... Uh, Prof. Edwards, of course, who very close to Tony Koja and mm. big, wondrous man, and he said it. It was a great moment to be there. Yeah, no, it must have been wonderful. And uh, I can just try and imagine a very young Tony Koja covering that match back in '55 uh, and seeing uh, the great man of Wanderers achieving such a feat. Uh, Dennis Atkinson, who had he lived, would have been 90 today. Uh, yeah, he was a Yes, he was very strong. I think he was a big, a bit of a, a big fisherman too, and um, uh, you know played a lot of in intercolonial cricket as we called it then, and um, a, 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 a fine, strong, hard-working all-rounder. Dennis Atkinson. Um, that's about it. We've got time for this week, Reds, and you've got to uh, pack your bag and scurry along to the uh, Darren Sammy Stadium and play getting started in uh, an hour and uh, a quarter or so. Um, before you do, I know you uh, would like to thank our listeners for joining us. Yes, um, quite a few stations will be calling me somewhere in the middle of the day to find out um, how how the, the, the attendance went. Was there a boycott? Um, did people come in, etc.? Um, so I expect quite a few calls from Jamaica down to Guyana. Yeah, I'd like to thank um, all our listeners. And um, here's hoping that the next time we talk, it will be a positive story of the third test here at the Darren Sammy Cricket Ground. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's stay positive and, uh, and hope that we get there. And I include myself as a, as a we, the WI, uh, get a positive result in this third test. This has been the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. You can email us at willowinthewindies at outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you if you've got any feedback or any questions for Reds and I. And you can join us again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>